Hey guys, welcome to Ruin Hammer, episode two, season two, episode two. I think uh, Rob's might have had a, uh, his computer might have had a brain explosion, um, but I'm sure he'll be in and join us uh, pretty soon. Um, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, technical difficulties once again. Um, we're very lucky tonight. We've uh, we've got a special guest on tonight, uh, which uh, I can't bring in. I have to wait till um, Rob comes into the conversation. So I do apologise. Um, but yeah, uh, just want to quickly shout out to uh, Warrior Nation and Richie Morgan. Uh, we had a little bit of a get together last weekend um, where we did a. Sean Kurzweil, I'll stand in for Rob. <laughs> hey, Christian, how are you, bro? Thanks for joining. Um, yeah, uh, Warrior Nation, Richie Morgan organised a bit of a photo shoot. Uh, um, it's like an advertisement. Um, hey, Justin, are you still fast? If not, do you want to race? He's not in the room yet, mate. Uh, I'm going to bring him in in just a minute. Uh, hey, there he is. Hey, what happened, brother? Technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> My internet oh, completely cut out, so I do apologise for that, everyone. <laughs> That's all right, mate. I was sitting here waiting, and I was waiting, and I was waiting. I was thinking, oh, I don't know what's going on. Two weeks uh, in a row, eh? Who would have thought? Technical geniuses like us getting the getting this kind of thing wrong. Anyway, I know. Hey to Jay Harris, who's uh, joined us. Good to see you, Jay. Uh, can't wait to catch up uh, next weekend, bro. Uh, round one. Um, yeah, uh, I was just um, giving people a, a brief rundown. I couldn't bring Justin into the room, but uh, we can bring him in now, mate. Um, I'll bring him in now. Yeah, we're very fortunate for, to have our special guest uh, tonight. Um, he played 43 games for the Vaders Fame Warriors from season 2001 to 2004. Uh, living, uh, joining us all the way from France. Uh, welcome to Warrior number 92, Justin Murphy. Hey guys, thanks a lot for having me on here. Or bonjour, should I say? Bonjour. Bienvenue en France. Justin, and thanks for joining us all the way from France. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate that. How's everything over there? Yeah, it's still uh, pretty complicated with COVID over here. So um, it's a lot of restrictions still in order over here. And they're still talking about um, maybe weekend lockdowns at the moment. But we've got curfews on at six o'clock at night. You can't do anything. You've got to be at home. Um, I'm lucky I, I can still continue in my role at work. With, I'm working with the Catalan Dragons again and coaching role, so I can continue doing that. But um, even taking the kids to school this morning, if you've got to take your children to school, as soon as you step out the door, you've got to put a mask on and have that on the whole time you're outside. So it's still a little bit complicated over here, but we're getting by. Strange time. We we we've been very yeah we've been very fortunate over here. I think um, we've only we only had a short period of time where masks were mandatory, um, and it, it's almost. I mean, I know I, we we're aware that COVID's around, and you know, um, there's still uh, a little bit happening. But for us, it's almost business as usual again. Um, so we're we're very very lucky, very very lucky. Yeah, yeah well, well we'll get into it, and and we'll talk a bit about your your rugby league background. So you were born in Sydney. And you grew up in Narrabri, where you began yep. playing rugby league. And you boarded St. John's College, Woodlawn. And then in yeah. year nine, you started school at St. Mary's College in Toowoomba. So, after all that, my question is, are you a blue or a maroon? Well, it's a, it's a difficult family. Uh, it causes a fair, fair, 
fair few uh, family feuds that. <laughs> my dad's a passionate New South Wales supporter. My mum's a passionate New South Wales supporter. My brother and I did go for New South Wales when we were younger, but when we moved to Queensland, we ended up uh, playing in Queensland junior side, so we are Queensland supporters now. <laughs> Fair enough. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. No, you <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, my, dad, my dad still, our origin Tommy won't talk to us. <laughs> oh, really? No, yeah, he won't. He doesn't. I, I, went to um, an origin, I went to an origin decider with him at Suncorp once, and... um. Queensland, I think they come out and smashed them in the in the decider. And my dad was sitting in his seat with his arms crossed and he said, This is the worst day of my life. Tell us a little bit about your rugby league journey growing up in Toowoomba. because um, so, uh, a lot of famous rugby league names hail from that part of the world. Yeah, I was uh lucky my dad played rugby league in the 70s. He played for North Sydney Bears, so he played in the NRL. <laughs> he I'm, played I'm in the um, <laughs> he played in the 76 Amco Cup final against Balmain. So that's he's and it, Noel Kelly was his coach. So he's uh installed the rugby league into us from a young age. And then yeah in, yep. in Toowoomba we well at Woodlawn I went to boarding school there and um we did school, but we lived there. So we played football. Any spare time we got, it was all football. It was good. And then in Toowoomba, I was lucky. I went to another rugby league school. I went, joined a famous club in Toowoomba, Toowoomba Valleys, where Herb Steiner, Duncan Thompson, they're, they're um, former players from there. <laughs> so um, then at St. Mary's, my school again, I was lucky enough. I uh, went into a school. It's a rugby le- it was a rugby league, renowned rugby league school. And um, in my grade, I had a fair few good rugby league players. And uh, from under 14s at Valleys and Samaria's, I was with Shane Walker, who played for Broncos. Yep. So we're really close friends and just, we pushed each other and it was was good good on the same path. Yeah. Yeah, so you played for the Pass Brothers in the Queensland Cup, who were a feeder club to the Broncos. Uh, were you ever signed? Were you signed to the Broncos at that time? Yeah, yeah, I signed at Broncos when I left school. So I was um, on a scholarship, which they followed us through school. And then after school in '96, I joined Broncos. It was meant to be Super League in '96. Yeah. And right. so um, we actually, a young 17, I wasn't even 18 yet, came down, did the preseason. The Broncos first graders were still there doing. So we were all together. <laughs> so we're doing preseason with Alan Langer, Steve Renoff, straight out of school. And then um, the first year, the Super League got pulled back. So we played in the Gold Coast Group 18 competition for Beanley Bulls. So in our group, we had a Sean Berrigan. Lottie Takuri was around there. Um, oh, yeah. Had some good players. Shane Walker, obviously. Some few good players in that group. And then uh, that was 96. 97, Super League did come in. So we played in the Super League under-19s competition. And we played against the Warriors. I think our first game was against the Warriors. We are probably the first Super League competition that kicked off. It was at Brisbane and it was the first game. So I think... Yeah, was that that game? Yeah. The Warriors-Broncos under-19s game was the first ever Super League. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Okay. And after that, I played 19s most of the year and um, I was going pretty good there as well, scoring lots of tries there against some good teams, travelling around, we're travelling around then too, to Adelaide, Perth, um, Auckland. And then um, 
I played a fair few reserve grade games for Broncos that year as well. So I've got a actual Broncos jersey with my name on the back of it and a number, number 26. So I've still, still nice. got the jersey. Yeah. Nice. Um, you were signed by the Bulldogs uh, for 99 and 2000. And you yeah. made your degree, uh, debut for the Dogs in 2000 against a ridiculously stacked Broncos team. Um, scoring a try on debut. What are your memories of your first grade debut game? Yeah, I remember. I didn't even get a chance to train with uh, the Bulldogs. I'd got called up. Willie Talia pulled out. So Steve Folks, the coach, he called me. I hadn't trained with him. He said, oh, you're playing on the wing. <laughs> Willie's pulled out. So um, I played. And I remember Darren Smith because I'd known Darren Smith from Broncos. And um, he just said to me, "What? all you got to do this game, just talk. Just keep talking and support. <laughs> So the game, I can't really remember. I remember the Broncos, they were red hot. They had Lockyer, Takuri, Sailor. They had Brad Thorne, Webke, Sivan Osiva. <laughs> um, they had a, a stacked team and um, it was a, the club that I'd come from as well. So I'd always, I'd liked Broncos. It was my club. And then to play against them and Lottie Takuri was a good friend of mine. He was in, fate, in my opposition that day too. So it was... Really good, the memory of it. I didn't even have time to get my parents down to watch the game, but the memory of just playing, it was something I always wanted to do and I was still unsure if I'd ever get the chance to play NRL and then to get that chance, I was wrapped to play and play one game. It was good against the Broncos side that were the best team in the combo. It was really good opportunity for me too, but um, unfortunately the game didn't go how we wanted it to and they... They um, put a fair. I think they beat us fairly easily by about thirty points. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but I did get a try, which was memorable as well. And then yes. the next day, my photos in the paper too. So it was, it was good too. But one thing I remember about the yeah. game is Wendell Saylor had scored a try, and because um, Daryl Halligan was on the other wing, so Wendell had scored a try over the top of him. I jumped over for a high ball, and Daryl Halligan's nickname was the Rock. So Wendell scored the try and then chucked the ball down and said, you're not a rock, you're just a pebble. Can sledge. Yeah, can sledge. Yeah. Still does, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a good one, but he backs it up too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he sure did. Yeah, I think he got three tries that night from memory. Yeah. Yeah. And Lottie, Lottie got two, I remember, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually first heard of you the season prior to that, in the end of end of 1999, you participated on a footy show event, the fastest man in, in rugby league. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So um, I had a bit of a I had a bit of a Nelson Mandela uh, phenomenon moment there because all these yeah. years I just remember you winning it for some reason. No. But then I went back and watched it the other day just to just to double check. It's actually uh, Darren Albert. Yeah, he won easily, Darren Albert. He was a sprinter. He was had a really good technique. I was a bit, uh, I didn't have that technique, but um, I remember that because we'd, um, we'd, it was, yeah, 2000, we'd lost in the semifinals of reserve grade and they didn't have anyone to go in the race for the Bulldogs in first grade, I think, or something. But so we'd been out <laughs> after you do after the season back then, you have a few days ce celebrating the season. So <laughs> yeah. for, I think for, four days or three days I think it was a Thursday night so the Monday after Sunday after game Monday Tuesday Wednesday hadn't had much sleep and I'd been um 
enjoying myself the whole week. So <laughs> the preparation for it wasn't very good before that. But anyway, it was a, it was a good experience and against some fast guys. And Darren Albert, he was just a, a real genuine sprinter. <laughs> yeah, he sure was. I think, did you come third? And Andrew Frew came second, I think. And I think you might have been third. I, think, I can't remember. Third or fourth, I can't really remember. Yeah. yeah. But, it was good. And I hadn't played first grade at that stage and those guys had all been in first yeah. grade. So. Yeah, so so the switch to the, the Vodafone Warriors in 2001, um, how did that come about? Well, um, I was at the Bulldogs still. My brother was at the Bulldogs with me actually in, in um, the lower grades and he'd won two Jersey flag premierships. He was a 5'8 and he was playing 5'8. Braith and Astor was locking that side and... Um, the Bulldogs really wanted him to stay and he ended up signing with Broncos and then I was sort of stayed there. Bulldogs had not offered me a deal, but they said I can stay and train there. So I was weighing up, well, what do I want to do? I played one NRL game. I still had the ambition to play NRL. And so I continued to train there for a bit. And then um, just out of the blue, my manager rang up and said, oh, the, the Warriors have um, shown a little bit of interest. Daniel Anderson knows you, but you played against him in reserve grade because he was coaching Parramatta. Yep. He said, would you be interested to come over and have just a, like a, a trial game, an open trial game at the Warriors? And I think it was at the end of yeah, the end of 2000. And so I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be interested in that. Look, it kept my dream going. I was still training with the Bulldogs and in good shape. So I ended up going over and turned up there. That the, um, there was a couple of other guys from Australia that we'd flown over for it as well. And turned up at Mount Albert, I think there was like 150 people here trying out. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so it was an open trial. They'd got people from all over New Zealand to come and play. So I played in the game, and I think early on in the game, I'd scored a couple of really long, I think nearly 100-metre tries. So after that, I played about 15, 20 minutes, and then I, they pulled me off, and I didn't get back on. I'm thinking, well, what's happened here? Look, I'm going all right. I want to stay on the field and keep playing to try and impress but so they I didn't get back on the field after that and then after that the next the next day I think or yeah my manager rang and so the Warriors they were pretty impressed with you they're going to offer you like, like a, a come over and troll and try and deal or, so if you're interested to do that and come over then it'd be good so then I said yeah yeah definitely so I moved over to Auckland at the end of 2000 and that's how it started. And then when I got there, I remember Daniel Anderson, he picked me up from the airport straight away. He was nice. He told me what he expected of me. And he, he wanted me to train and push push the talented New Zealand guys because I'd come from Canterbury, who their training ethic was phenomenal. Their men mental um, aspect at training, they just pushed themselves and trained as hard as they can. And he wanted me to push those talented young New Zealand boys as well. So that's how I ended up coming to New Zealand. Yeah, you um, you made your Warriors debut in round eight of that two thousand and one season. Coincidentally, keeping in the theme of you making your debuts against your previous uh, teams, you, that game was against the Bulldogs in a twenty four all draw. What a game! Um, and that the yeah, that <laughs> that year you played um, nine games, predominantly at fullback and centre. What yeah. was your preferred position growing up? Wing. I played centre and in the halves actually as a youngster. <laughs> So, but as I got older, because I was fast, I kept getting pushed out and out. So I was actually a half in the juniors and then got pushed out and out. And, but I ended up enjoying playing on the wing. I knew the role of a winger. I would have liked fullback, but I just, I don't know. I just, 
enjoyed the role of a winger more. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my first game was against the Bulldogs, obviously, and it was a very memorable game because we were getting beat. I think seven minutes to go, we scored three tries. <laughs> Yeah. To come back and I got, I got a try against them as well in that game. So yes, yeah, you got a try, and then and then I watched it back again last night, and we, and we scored sixteen points in like four minutes, like to finish the yeah, game. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And then and then Stace, the, the easiest kick he had, <laughs> it took his time and missed it. But <laughs> he he scored yeah. two from the sideline to keep us. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and yeah, and. Daniel Anderson, because around, I think I was around three of the tries there too in support. Like if, if they had got caught, I was around each of those tries. So yeah. Daniel, he told me he really locked my support from that game, and then we started the game after that. So it was good. That, that was against Penrith, wasn't it? It was a big win. Yeah, I, I started fullback, and it was my <laughs> first actual game I'd ever started at fullback <laughs> in the NRL against Penrith. So. Yeah. Well, in 2002, you, you moved to the wing sort of permanently. It really made the position your own and you played 18 games, um, including the, the grand final. So what are your memories of that magnificent 2002 season and the run into the grand final? Yeah, I remember the players in good form. Clinton Torpy, um, Ali Lautiti, Stacey was a, the best player in the world at that stage, I reckon. So, so we just had a lot of guys hitting their peak and and the form from them it just flowed on the energy that at training was was great we had good energy all the time the cohesion in the in the team was good we were there we had belief in ourselves finally as well we'd made the finals year before and we we're going really well and we just got into a role and it was just a really good time to be involved with the Warriors that time. And it's, yeah, I'm lucky to look back and to play at those guys at the peak of the career and be on the field watching those guys do what they do. It's just something I really look back fondly on. Yeah, we had um, we had Mark Tukey on last year um, and he told us that it was actually a Warangi Korpu elbow that opened up Freddie Fittler uh, in the grand final and not really Richard Villasanti's tackle, which everyone's thought for... For years and I think years. Villa finished it off. He just jumped yeah, on top did. of him at the end yeah. of it. But. Yeah. What are your memories of that? Because that was the big momentum changer in that grand final too. Yeah, it was. I remember um, Stace's try, obviously. That was a great try. I remember we are in the contest um, early in the game. I remember, um, I think John Carlo and I had tackled Luke Phillips in the touch, but they, he, Bill Harrigan reckons he was already tackled and gave a penalty. Then I got, got an intercept in the game and... Anthony Minicello, who was the right winger, he was over my side in cover, which if he wasn't there, I probably nearly would have went nearly the length and scored. And then the that was just before half time. And after that, I've, after the tackle, I got tackled near the halfway line and Stace has done this kick into the corner, which has gone for Francis Melly. And Francis looks like scoring just before half time. And the last bounce bounces back to Luke Phillips. Like, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I so Francis... If Francis had got that try before half time, we're we're upbeat going into half time, and then Stacey's try after half time. I remember looking at the clock and thinking, "Oh, geez, we're in front here in the grand final, and we're in the second half." And it was just unbelievable. Eight six, I think. Geez, we might go on with it here. And then that happened. And then after that, Fitler did a forty twenty, which was my side as well. Which was still um, it's hard. I just still think what what could I have done better there and trying to stop that 40-20 because after the 40-20 they scored a try I think off the scrum so it's hard but it just fired the roosters up and they gained a bit of momentum and then we couldn't we just couldn't stay with them 
What's that whole grand final week like leading into the grand final? Is it is it just my absolute mayhem? It's mayhem. It goes so quickly. Um, you take it for granted. You think you're there, and you think, oh, geez, this is good. We're going to get here every year, and it <laughs> and it's not like that. I was lucky. I was Kevin Campion, who would he was going back to the um, he'd signed to leave. He was leaving the Warriors at the end of the year, so he come and stayed with me the couple of days we got back to Auckland, and it was good because he'd been around that. He was experienced and. Yep. he told us what to expect and how to how to take it but it just everything went so quickly the whole week in Auckland I remember getting back to the airport after the Cronulla game and the, the airport was packed and <laughs> I remember that they said no nah, we're staying together everyone stay together and we'll go out as a group and then I remember Tux is one of the guys yeah we're staying together and then next minute we hear this cheer and Tux is already out there <laughs> by himself <laughs> Classic yeah. just, no, no, we'll stay together, boys. And <laughs> so he gets all the credit to start with, and then yeah, but it was just a amazing experience to get back to Auckland and see the amount of people there. That was very special. Then the actual week, we didn't have much time to train for the week and prepare for the Roosters. I'd never played against the Roosters myself. I hadn't even played any games against the Roosters, and that my first game against them was the NRL Grand Final. <laughs> yeah, and then. Um, I, I don't want to step on your toes, Rob, uh, but we've just got a couple of comments coming up um, from the from the live feed. Um, CJ from the Final Tackle podcast has asked, what about the video the day of the grand final? The CEO or coach or someone to put together of the Warriors being winners? Or the half-time um, speech. Yeah, oh. half-time speech or something? Yeah, I can't remember the half-time speech. I think it was on the way to the game, in, on the bus, on a tape recorder. But I, I do remember it, and it was Broncos playing us. because yeah. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't even us playing the Roosters, but I do remember that. But I just think Endo, he's a, he, he's a very intelligent coach. I think he, he was thinking of some positive way to impact us, to mm. push ourselves and have that installed in our head that we're going to win the grand final, not, not just playing the grand final. So. Yeah. I think that was a motivational ploy by him, but obviously um, some of the players didn't respond to it. And uh, yeah, but if, if it worked, everyone would have thought he was a genius. But have we won? But we didn't win, and unfortunately, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Was there another question there, Hammer? No, no, mate. No, you keep going. I'll, I'll just keep. I'm not being rude by looking away, Justin. I'm, I'm reading the I'm reading the live comments that are coming up on the screen as we go. No worries, no worries. Well, well after the, after the 2002 Grand Final, obviously we had a, as you touched on earlier, a very good season in 2003 as well. And but but 2003 to 2004, you were sort of in and out of the team, and um, yeah. there was there was a lot of big names that departed in 2004. So what do you put the big form slide down to for the whole club? I mean, from like 2003 to 2004, there was a great big uh, dip in form there. What, what sort of went on there? Yeah, 2003, it was again, we had another really good season. There was good competition for positions. I had Henry Farfili and Francis Melli in my spot. So two international players. Farfili, I think he scored a hat-trick against England on the end of season tour after 2002. So yeah. the competition there was really good. So it was hard for me to get in the team that year. But again, 2003, if you watch um, the semi-finals, Canberra Raiders, Warriors, that semi-final actually took a lot out of the Warriors yeah. for the week after. So Penrith had come against the Warriors after that very physical game. The boys were very tired after that Raiders game in the finals. 
and then to play Penrith the week after, which they had chances in that game against Penrith to, to win the game again too. But fatigue at the end, it played a factor and they ended up not, not winning that game because if they won that game again, they would have been in the grand final again. So yeah, two years yeah, in a row. Right. And a lot of people just think about Penrith winning the grand final and talk about that, but they don't think about how fatigued the Warriors were before they played Penrith. Yeah, it was a tough game against the Raiders, wasn't it? When, when yeah. last Stacey Jones field goal and yeah, yeah, and it, it took so much energy out of the boys. And the Penrith oh, game and it, was close too. We only lost by six or eight points in that game. Yeah, and yeah, we, we had well. chances to win that game as well. But yeah. Penrith played well, obviously. But I just think that if if the Canberra game wasn't as hard the week before, then maybe we could have got a better result in that game as well. And then 2004, I think. We changed the tactics of the training a little bit. I remember that because Penrith had won, I think the uh, Warriors thought we all have to get bigger and put weight on. And so we didn't yeah. do much running. I remember doing a lot of swimming, a lot of weights. I look at photos back of me now and I look like a, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny to look back at some of the photos, the headshots back of 2004. And then just um, once we started playing footy, it was hard like I'd lost a bit of speed probably or couldn't move around as quick which speed was my main attribute so yeah. lost a bit of speed and then it was and I wasn't the only one a lot of, a lot of guys had lost a few things I think too and it ended up showing in the results then we got under a bit of pressure because we weren't performing like we had the previous few years and then Daniel Anderson had had um, left the club as well which Daniel and it I'd never been in a club with a coach leaving mid-season like that as well. So that did a, affect a lot of things as well. Made things difficult. And then I think at, at the end of 2004, I, I was um, in contact. I was nearly going to re-sign again. Mick Watson had said they were going to have something for me. And then at the end, it, they uh, went a different way. And I'd end up... Um, at the end of the season, there was um, not many games left. So Tony Kemp was coaching. And I, I had an opportunity to go and play in a New Zealand Rugby Union invitational side at Twickenham in England. They'd asked me to go and play. And I'd never been to England. And I, I wasn't in the Warriors' plans and they weren't playing me. So I asked the club if they'd be willing to let me go and do that. And they said, yeah, yeah, no worries. They let me go. It was all paid for. So I thought, oh, this is good. I'll get to go to England, go to London, do a bit of a trip and play in a Rugby Sevens comp. And then when I arrived in London, my phone went off and I had... Um, a few Super League clubs straight away ringing me asking if I'd be interested in finishing the season with them. So my original plan was just to go there and have a bit of a whole play in this Rugby Sevens tournament and stay and have a bit of a holiday. Mark Tukey was there, so I went went up and stayed with him. I called a train up and stayed with him for a week and was ha having a bit of holiday. Then I ended up signing with uh, Witness Vikings, but I didn't have a visa to play rug uh, sport. I was only on a holiday visa, so I had to go to Dublin to get a visa to play sport to come back. So I went to Dublin by myself for a week, um, stayed in a 20-euro hostel a night place by myself. I think if you've stayed in a hostel, there's bunk beds and everything in there. I was in, in a room with two Russians and these, I don't know who they were, strangers I'd never met. So, <laughs> And then... Ended up staying there a week by myself, getting the visa passed, arrived back to uh, Widness, I think, maybe on a Wednesday and played that weekend <laughs> for Widness. 
And yeah, Frank Endicott was coaching us. It was, um, I was going to say you moved to England in 2004 and it ended up at Witness. But it was 2006 where you went to the Catalan Dragons. Did I pronounce that right? Is that Le Catalan? Yeah, yeah I, I'd actually, before I went to Witness, I'd already signed and agreed with Catalan Dragons because I wanted to come to Fra France because Justin Morgan was coaching over here. I'd played with at the Warriors and yep. I just thought in my head, I wanted, I, I'd rather come to Fra France than England to play. So, um, I spoke with Morgs and he had he had um, no positions left with him, but he said, I'll ring this other guy. So I rang the coach of UTC now, um, Steve Deacon, and I talked to him and ended up agreeing with him. But, and UTC is the club that went in to form the Dragons, so it oh, worked okay. out well for me. Yeah. Um, that first year in um, in at uh, Le Catalan, you played 28 games, you scored 26 tries, so we got back to your try scoring feats. Um, yeah. How much did you enjoy the move? And did you speak French before you went to France? <laughs> no, I didn't. I loved the move. I, I moved over with another... There was a couple of other Australian guys at the same time. There was Chris Beatty, Sean Rudder, and Matt Bickerstaff, who'd all played NRL. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we came over at the same time and we're living in the same place. So um, I was very excited about coming to France. I, knew, <laughs> I remember the first time I walked down to the store to the local um, patisserie to get a baguette. I've walked down, I was excited, I've seen these people I've gone, oh, bonjour. And they said bonjour back to me and started talking and I had nothing, I couldn't do anything. I've just gone, oh. <laughs> so then, yeah, I, I knew nothing. So then I had to uh, start learning the language, new culture and a new language and adapt to French life, which, yeah, it was, it was uh, a little bit daunting to start with, but it yeah, ended up well. Yeah, you played you played five seasons at Catalan, and you even represented France in six internationals as well, uh, winning four of them. So, how did you qualify to represent France? Was that just uh, residency? Yeah, back then it was three year residency rule, so I'd been here for over three years. At the start, I wasn't I wasn't actually I was a bit reluctant to play with the French team because obviously I wasn't French, but I'd married a French girl, so I had a French wife, and then. I thought, well, I've got a French wife. I'm going to have children. They're going to be French and Australian. So it's something that my kids would be proud of to see that their father had represented France because they're French and Australian as well. So that's the main reason. And after, before that as well, I spoke to a few of the older French boys about the reasons why I wanted to play for France. And they accepted those reasons as well because if they hadn't accepted them, I probably wouldn't have played as well because I, I don't want to take the position of a young French guy for no reason. But yeah, I was fortunate enough to play for France. It's something I'm proud of to play international footy. And we played against the Kiwis in Paris and Papua New Guinea and had some good memories playing with the French boys. I was going to say, what's your greatest memory representing France? Um, I think the Paris game against the Kiwis. We were close to beating them. I think Louis Anderson made us, might have scored a try in the last couple in of that, minutes. Wasn't there? Yeah, they scored two tries. I think Thomas Lulua set a try up in the last couple of minutes, but we were ahead. It looked like we might have had a very memorable victory, but um, we pushed them really hard, and they got they got it at the end. They got the victory at the end. So, but the Kiwis it was good to play against them because they they weren't at their top then. They ended up winning the World Cup the year after, but it was good to play against yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're also unfortunately remembered for a very nasty accident that occurred on the field in 2007. 
So what happened there and what were the extent of your injuries? Yeah, I, I remember at Wigan, we were playing a game at Wigan and Wigan is a, it's a, it's a good stadium, but it's a football stadium. So the in goals are really small there. They're, um, so I, I remember playing and playing footy. I was just <laughs> trying to do what I can for the team. And Stace had put up this kick, a high kick. And I thought, oh, I'm going to score off his kick. So I was just looking at his kick and chasing the kick. And I was going, moving fast, running as fast as I could, chasing this kick, thinking that I'm a chance to score. And then at the end of it, <laughs> I remember looking at the barrier and thinking, oh, geez, this barrier is coming up pretty quick here. I better try and do something. And I tried to jump and it's hit the top of my leg and I've just tumbled into the grandstand. So I remember thinking, geez, I'm in a bit of trouble here. And then I've landed in the concrete, moved around, hit around, um, somersault in there, landed on the stairs on my back. My, I think my head might have hit first, if you look at it, and then tumbled around. And then my ribs and back hit it as well. So... Uh, then the uh, medical staff come over. There was no one in the grandstand, luckily, but <laughs> the uh, medical staff come over and they checked me and I felt all right. My head was fine, nothing happened there, but I just felt a little bit of pain in the, the back there. And then, but I felt all right. I got jumped back on the field and I could move in that. And so I continued to play and I ended up playing the whole game. But I think not long after that, again, Trent Barrett had put a kick in behind me. And I'd got the kick and was coming back. And David Vitalecki come in and his knees ended up hitting me in the same spot as well. So I was in a lot of pain. I could hardly move. But I played the whole game, which I probably should have came off, I think, because we lost by about 30 points that game too. So I should have just surrendered and come off. But I finished the game. And then after that, we got back to England, uh, to the hotel. And uh, normally after a game, I was... Uh, Keen to go down and just relax and have a few beers with the uh, boys after a game and talk about the game. But I, that night, I just couldn't. I just went straight to bed. I was gone and then woke up in a fair bit of pain that night. Knocked on the doc, got the doctor up to the room. And so then uh, yeah, I ended up having really badly bruised kidneys and broken ribs. <laughs> oh, so it was pretty dangerous. So when I got back, once I got back to France, I yeah, um, had scans and everything. and they said, oh, no, this is pretty dangerous. Your kidneys are really bruised, badly bruised. And then your ribs, are, I think I had four broken ribs as well. And they said, oh, you, yeah, you're lucky because it's pretty dangerous. If you get hit properly, there, you could nearly die again too. So, yeah, so it's, yeah. Yeah. Wingers yeah, aren't supposed to be that tough, mate. No, I know. I should have went off. I should, <laughs> meant to, we're meant to be smart, though, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you finished your career at, at the end of 2008 season. Did you go straight into coaching when you finished? or I stayed there... here one year. So 2009, I stayed another year over in France. So I played in the Elite One competition. But then I got into coaching with our young under-19 team in the Catalans as well. So I did start coaching in 2009 straight away. Lauren Fresnus was the head coach and I was the assistant helping him with the under-19s and we had some good young players in that group there that are playing still now. Eloa Policia, he, he was one of the boys. Morgan Ascari is playing now as well. There were two of the young boys in that group there that are still playing good footy now. And it was good to get into coaching and to start that in France in a different language. I thought it was a good opportunity to do in a good experience again too. So, yeah. So, so what team are you currently coaching at the moment? I'm Sainus Dev Tres Catalan, which is the 
Catalan Dragons reserve team. Yeah, we, we did our research. We actually knew who it was. We just didn't know how to pronounce it. Saint so Estev Tres Catalan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What, what what he said? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. You obviously enjoy that that French lifestyle too. Um, uh, for those that don't, get on um, Justin's Instagram and follow him on Instagram because the pictures he puts up there are just absolutely amazing. Um, are you get is is living in France like a long term uh, thing for you, or do you have a desire to get back to Australia and and maybe coach if a position came up that suited you? Well, at the moment, I'm pretty well established in France. My wife's French, all her family are here. The kids are at school, and I'm enjoying the life back here at the moment. So I'm enjoying learning as a coach as well. I've got Steve McNamara as the head coach here. We've got yep. some good good players involved at the Dragons. Um, I'm enjoying the experience of learning, but I'm also enjoying the experience of developing younger French players as well. I also go to colleges. I've been to primary schools as well, doing rugby league. Um, so I've been, since I've been back doing rugby league with kids that have never played at seven years old up until helping out the Dragons players that are playing in Super League. So it's been a really good experience for me and a good involvement to try and pass on some of my knowledge to the young French boys as well. Yeah. Do you, do you follow the NRL from France and do you keep up? Yeah, to definitely. I watch, I watch, I watched all the uh, trial games last weekend. I follow the game oh. all the time. Um, try and stay in contact with people involved at the clubs as well. So I do stay involved with the NRL and yeah, I'll, I'll send, uh, try and get information off people that are still involved in the NRL as well. Like Daniel Anson's at the Roosters and Kevin Wilders is at the Broncos. So we'll touch base with those people as well. And, and your cool. old schoolmate is the CEO of the Warriors? Yeah, yeah. So I went to boarding school with him. I think he probably bullied me a bit because I was a young grade seven kid and he was in grade 10, I think. And no, nah. really? it, it's uh, funny how things work out and things align. But yeah, we went, went to boarding school together at Woodlawn. So. Yeah. And you've also got, uh, you're saying you played with Morgs and Morgs is now part of the coaching squad um, yeah. here at the Warriors as well. So uh, do, you, do you watch the Warriors games? Do you ha still have a soft spot for the Warriors? Yeah, definitely. I, I go for the Warriors still. I, um, I always cheer them on and uh, it's good It's good to see, see them. They've been under difficult being away from home and I can I understand how hard it's been for them being away from home too because I'm away from my family in Australia. We, at this time, it's been really difficult because we can't travel and I don't know when I'll get to see them again as well. So it's been hard for yep. me. So I totally understand how the Warriors' um, difficulties are being away from their family and also not playing at home in Auckland in front of front of fans as supporters it's difficult as well yeah we, we had a brief chat before we went on air tonight um just about COVID uh, COVID obviously has affected the whole the entire world here in Australia we're a little bit fortunate with our protocol protocols that are put in place just explain to everyone what's going on over there in in Europe and in particular France with um with COVID so in France at the moment, we've got a, a, a strict curfew from six o'clock at night until six in the morning. You're not allowed outside. Um, you've got to be in your house. You can't have large gatherings. Um, if you walk outside, you've, it's compulsory to have the mask on. I took my children to school. I've got to wear the mask walking down the street to take in the school. The kids have to have the mask at school all the time. My youngest is seven years old and she has to have the mask on at school the whole day. So it's pretty hard for children <laughs> my uh eldest has started college this year um and she's got to have the mask on so <laughs> i 
I said, well, it'll be strange once they've got to take the mask on. She won't know some of her classmates probably <laughs> what they look like. So, But um, they're also talking still at the moment about having weekend lockdowns over here. So if, hopefully that doesn't come into case, but the COVID, it's still um, very real over here. There's, I think, 20,000 cases a day in, in France. So it's uh, still um, very complicated, but we're trying to adapt the best we can and getting by and trying to live life. That's why a lot of my Instagram, we're trying to get out to places in the uh, nature, try and get out, get fresh air, do what we can do and try and uh, still, still not be limited in what we can do, live our life, which it's a big part of the French, their, their liberty. They feel at the moment they've lost a bit of their li liberty. So we're still when, trying when to... The, um, when the Super League season kicks off, there'll be no, no crowds? Is that the plan? Yeah, at the start, they're trying to, yeah, at the start, it's still complicated, but I don't think England will have crowds. So the, we're still unsure what the Dragons are going to do, if we're going to have to base the, the uh, first grade players or the squad in England, or hopefully hopefully we can find something. But it's still complicated now as well, we're, and especially with Brexit as well now too. So, yeah, I think they're hoping to have crowds back sometime during the season, but at the start of the season, it doesn't look like that, and it, Catalans, uh, unfortunately, they haven't played many home games in two years now, so they're similar to the Warriors. They've got to play all their games in England, and it costs a lot of money. And our um, our president, Berno Guash, he uh, hires a private jet for each game to go to England and come back. So yeah, it's it's complicated still over here, and sports copped a big knock financially, I think, over here as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know um, last year when... Um when the Warriors were based in Australia and there was a, a couple of rounds there where there was no crowds, um, which, uh, which was weird to watch on TV. But as soon as crowds were allowed in, I know there was a lot of us that um, took the opportunity to get back to live games. And it was one of those things that you just took for granted that you could always do. But when it was taken away from you, it, was, it just became so important to make sure that you get to the games and support the teams. And I, I guess I'm, I'm lucky because I live in Sydney, um, not far from the central coast where the Warriors are based again for this season um so i get to because every year living in australia getting to watch the warriors it's it's a kind of thing where you may only get four or five games to see them play live um yeah. whereas you know last year i was able to get watch i think nine games of footy and this year again it's going to be a, a lot um and i do feel for our you know brothers and sisters back home in new zealand who, who can't get to watch them play live um, yeah. yeah very very difficult yeah, um, definitely that's what it's yeah, important on. the it's important the Warriors they do have really good support in Australia so it's important that support gets out and supports them and helps them while they're there in this difficult time at games too this year because they definitely thrive on that support they get. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll just we'll just quickly I'll, I'll, going back to your time at the Warriors. Just got a few sort of uh, quick questions here. Um, who was your toughest teammate at the Warriors? Toughest. There's two two of them. Campion and Monty Beatham. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Monty. Yeah. Yeah, on your camp. Monty was someone who gave you confidence. You loved having him in your side. If Monty was in your side, it was confident. It was good for a winger because <laughs> if you had Monty, you could talk up a bit <laughs> because he'd look after you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, in, your, in your debut game for the Warriors, he dusted up uh, Steve Reardon, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't. Steve Reardon, he's a lovely bloke too, but yeah, he... he um, Got a bit cranky, Monty, in the heat of the moment. And, yeah, I don't think many people would um, try and upset Monty. <laughs> no. So what, what team did you hate playing against? 
Um, high flying. Uh, <laughs> everyone hates hates mainly, but. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, didn't like mainly. I love playing against the Broncos, but in, back then we we um the Warriors always got up for Broncos games. I think two thousand one was the first time we beat them, and then we had um we'd had good competition against the Broncos and we won more often than not in that, that era as well. So it was good. And for me coming from up there was, <laughs> I love playing Broncos and the cheap, the support that we got in Brisbane was more than Broncos got there at the games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what was, who was your most annoying teammate? Oh, annoying, annoying. PJ was a little bit annoying. He was good though, but he was a little bit annoying. Um, most annoying teammate was probably at the Broncos was Sean Berrigan in the jet coming through with him. He's a good friend of mine, but he was annoying. <laughs> Fair enough. Who, who was who was your most competitive opponent? Opponent. Oh. Had lots of competitive opponents. Um I remember one I hated playing against was over here was um Leslie Vonicolo. He was so big. <laughs> yeah. We played against him in um under 19s and then Played against him in England a few times. He was at Bradford and they had a really good side and I, I didn't enjoy playing against Vonicola. <laughs> yeah, right. Can understand that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just scrolling through the things now. Uh, Paul Smith said, um, uh, has Justin noticed that you're wearing the O2 jersey tonight, mate? Yeah, I wore especially for, for all our 2002 uh, teammates. Always bring out the... Uh, Classic threads. Nice. So, it's yeah. nice. It's still good. It's retro now, but it's still good. I like it. Yeah. yeah it's it's crazy. Yeah. Almost 20 years ago now. <laughs> um, I do have one question here. This is from my mate, um, Will Evans, who runs This Warrior's Life. So shout out to yeah. you, Will. He, uh, he said, Were you the fastest player during your time at the Warriors? Yeah, I think so. I can't really remember get the times of that, but no, I'd, I'd say I was the fastest there. Yeah. No, no, no one oh, could well. beat me in a race there, so. <laughs> yeah. You had it over Henry, Henry and uh, yeah, Torpy. Torpy would be the one that would be closest in speed, wouldn't he? Yeah, Torpy yeah. was quick, but I, I think I was quicker than all of them boys. They were quick, but, but yeah. I, I'd believe Brent, Brent Webb was another one that was quick. Yeah, old twinkle toes, yeah. Well, just on yeah. that, um, Paul Smith said, I'll never forget the Murph running down the peach in the 2002 semi. Huge play. Yeah, he got, he got an intercept, Peachy, and he had a fair bit of run. I had to turn around and chase him, but I did get him because if he had a score, it would have been a bit hard for us, I think. But, um, yeah, I ended up get, getting him, turning around, chasing, getting him. And, and at the end of um, in those games, because I'd been injured, I'd missed the game against Canberra Raiders in the semis at Auckland, in Auckland, the first semi game. I'll come back in that game. And my speed wasn't at 100% still, but to turn around and get him. And that's same as the grand final, because I'd come back from an adductor injury. And in, even in the grand final, my speed wasn't at 100%. So that's something I really think if my speed at that time was 100%, I think I might have scored that try still too. That's something I do look back on all the time as you well. You would have iced that intercept. You yeah. 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 It was a bit, there was a massive Warriors crowd too at that Cronulla game. Because, yeah, um, definitely, Eric. I don't know Watson, if it was Mick yes. Watson or Eric Watson had bought like ten thousand tickets, and if you had a, a New Zealand passport, passport, yep, you yeah. just had to rock up and you get four tickets. So, it was yeah, unbelievable the atmosphere there, and it was yeah, good. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Um, 
What's the funniest sledge you've heard or received? <laughs> Apart from the Wendell Saylor pebble sledge to Halifax. That was a, that was a good one. I've, I've heard some very good ones. I've got a few. <laughs> at the end of my career, I captain coached in Toowoomba at Valleys, and there's a few really good sledges <laughs> there. And they're from my team, my club as well, but they'd sledge us. <laughs> so there's a there's a, a, an, a bloke there, Glenn Reardon. He, he's a very good sledger. And Robbie Moore, they're both yeah, fellas from Toowoomba Valleys and they'd sledge their own team better than anyone else would. <laughs> who, who was the best sledger that you ever heard on a field? On a field sledging. Yeah. Can be either teammate or, op or opposite. I can't remember much of the sledging. <laughs> too far out, standing on the PJ was a good sledger too. I remember him, him giving some players a hard time. And PJ Marsh, he gave some players a good hard time. But, um, yeah, I can't remember much sledges. But... And what's on the agenda for today, mate? What do you got it coming up now? Because it's, uh, what is it there? It's 11.30? 11.30. I've got Buff Bourguignon for lunch today. It's a day off today, so we're just doing a bit of planning. We've got our first Catalan Dragons trial on this weekend. It's on um, Saturday night. The Catalans are playing against the um, selection of the best play French players in the French competition, so that's our first trial. So from my team, I think we've got 14 players playing for the Dragons or, or the Trez president. So, but, but today's a day off, and then just a bit of planning, watching some video and some games today and some players, individual players. But today's, yeah, a bit of a lighter day. <laughs> when does the, the weather's um, not too good today, actually. When does the Super League kick off? When's the first round? End of end of March, I think it'll be at three weeks. Okay. So that's probably four, four weeks. Yeah, I think it's the 27th of March. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, we want to thank you for giving up your time and coming and chatting with us today, mate. Um, it's been great. Um, as I said to you before, we went on, um, you know, the, the fans love hearing the stories from the, the players of um, yesteryear and the, the 2001 to 2003 year at the Warriors was a great era. Um, something you should be very, very proud of. It's good. Um, I really appreciate the support too, because back then, obviously, we didn't have the social media and stuff that we do these days. So yep. the support and the interaction is something that we never got to do, but we we certainly appreciated all the support that we did get and we continue to get now. And like I said, the Warriors are still... I'm a Warriors supporter now myself. Whenever I could get the games, I'll get to them. I, whenever I could get to the Old Boys Day in Auckland, I'd always get to that as well. And... We've still got a lot of the group that we had there. We're still really close now. So when we see each other yep. and be around each other, it's like we've never been away and it's 20 years now. So yeah, it's something special. Yeah, rugby league's great like that, isn't it? Yeah, you know, definitely. The, the people you meet and the friends that you make, it's, um, yeah, they're lifelong bonds. Um, mate, we, um, we'll definitely get you back on later in the season. You can give us an update on how things are going over there with um, your side. And um, yeah. we can chat all. We're things, second uh, on the table, league. and we're, our team's second on the table this year at the moment. So hopefully we can go on to go on to um, see, see what challenge for the title. We'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thanks again, Justin. Yeah. Um, appreciate you coming on, mate. And um, we'll we'll chat real soon. Oh, another one. Just tell Louis Anderson I'm living in Louis Anderson's house here in France. So just tell him that I'm really looking after his house well as well. 
We'll pass on that message. I've got Louis on Facebook, so yeah, I'll um I'll let him know. I'll say we had just his house is in really good hands here. Good place. I'll and... just say there was a party going on in the background. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Thanks, right, Justin. Justin. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. It. Take Cheers, it mate. easy. See ya. Cheers. Wow. Man, some good stories, eh? Yeah, always, always love listening to the stories from, you know, the golden years. And, and he played right through that golden period, didn't he? 2001, yeah, he and um, yeah, yeah, like a lot of those guys, he departed in 2004. We had a massive clean out of um, players that year. But yeah, I mean, just like what he was saying tonight, like he just had a little bit, if he had an extra yard of pace and he takes that intercept in the grand final. You're sitting here, I'm here sitting here thinking, I'm talking about the Nelson Mandela effect where I'm thinking he won that yeah. sprint. Well, imagine if there was a parallel universe where he did win that sprinting race and he also took and that took intercept. The, yeah. Yeah. And Francis Melly also scores on the corner right before half time, and we're up like. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, I had actually forgotten about that. Yeah, because you know you you think about the two things that stand out the most for that, us in that grand final is Stacey's solo try, Absolutely. and then the and then the hit on Fitler, which kind of changes the momentum of that game. Um, Unfortunately, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, you sit there and think about it, and you can even see when, when you talk to the guys that played in the game and they sort of sit there and go, oh, only this had gone our way. And yeah, it wasn't to be, but like hell of a year, 2002, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah, yeah. sensational. Yeah, and, and like you said, all those guys were just hit peak form just at that right time. Yeah. yeah. And one thing we didn't say in the interview too, which a lot of people probably don't realise, is that in that 2002 year, like you mentioned that he played in the grand final, he a lot of people don't realise that, you know, he was keeping either Francis Melly or Henry Farfilly out that That's season. Right. He played he played 18 games of first grade that year and either Melly or Farfilly were the other winger. They were the ones that were in and out of the side and he was holding his own. Yeah, exactly. Farfilly was in and out of the team the whole year and um, yeah, he, he just couldn't quite, couldn't get into the team just because Murph was so solid there on the wing. And, yep. And yeah, the other thing I, I didn't mean to ask him that I, I didn't get around to was also, I, I think at the time, the, the Torpy and Melly side of the field was the more potent in attack. Yeah. Yeah. So I, think, I think the play tended to sort of um, drift across that way. And, and he probably, him and Johnny Carlaw or um, Benny Anderson, I think, might have played centre the following year, probably yeah. didn't get so much ball. But, um, yeah, that's just the way it was, I guess, with the, that potent side over there with Balmolino. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. what could have been? Fabian Morel says, what could have been in those critical games back in the glory days? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And CJ uh, from the Final Tackle podcast says, it's an amazing accomplishment to make a grand final regardless of winning or not. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it, isn't, it, isn't it interesting that everyone that, you know, plays in a grand final, they that, that week leading into the grand final becomes a blur and they kind of yeah. think that they're always going to get there? Um, and unless you yeah. play for Melbourne or the Roosters, it just doesn't Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Simon Mannering said something similar on that 25 years doco. He said, Yeah, he did. After 2011, he said, Well, I just thought we'd make another one and we never did. And, you know, yeah. that's probably one of the, the saddest comments I think of. Sean, of. Sean Johnson said the same thing. You know, that was his first yep. year in first grade. And, you know, exactly. he came in maybe 11 games into the season and, you know, went on this, that we went on this amazing run to the grand final. And he he's thought, like, How good is this? this? Yeah. 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 Well, he's gone from winning 20 grand finals into playing in first grade grand finals and just thought that was the norm. Yeah. 
yeah. Um, yeah, good to see you, Mr. Murphy. I remember your days well, the Warriors. Yeah, um, it's great that um, so many people are uh, posting so many things too, uh, getting involved in the chat. Um, yeah, that's great. Thanks, guys. Keep it up, always. We'll, yeah. we'll change the focus now. Uh, we'll talk trial uh, last yeah. weekend. Uh, be, you know, feel, uh, feel uh, free to put your comments in the comment section here. We'll we'll get to them as well. We'll discuss the trial. Um, what did you think, mate? What did you make of the trial? Mate, man, I was overall, I was happy with the result. Um, trials, uh, not specifically about the result in itself, but about the team, how the team plays, the fans, different um, structures and attack, giving giving guys that are probably in the fringe of first grade a bit of a run. So overall, I think defensively on our line, we were outstanding. We spent the final 10 minutes of that game pretty much goal line defence. And, and I, as I think I said to you the other night, that could prove invaluable um, later in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hot, humid conditions there in Lismore. And so the boys were up against it. And like it was it was pretty much the last 10 minutes because every time we got the ball running off the line, we'd turn it over. So there was about was, four and a half minutes in that yeah. first half as well, in that first quarter where we um yes. I think they the Titans got three repeat sets that we were able to hold them out. Uh so you know, beginning of the game, but especially at the end of the game, like we've never been known for a team that has Rock solid defense at the back, and I'm I'm aware it's a trial, but uh, at the end of the day, like it, it was still ten minutes where we kept the Titans um, like scoreless in that ten minutes, and yeah. they had every opportunity to <clears throat> excuse me to score some tries. Um, probably a worrying factor for me was with Chanel not playing, and Sean O'Sullivan coming in late in the game. There, there was a period in that first quarter where we got four repeat sets yeah Titans line and we really didn't do anything with the ball yeah that that we just looked terrible like like you said at the time we just lost all our shape and attack and we just started throwing it around and um yeah that that was yeah not great and i i thought um in attack we were a little bit off all night like we're just a little bit off pace and not quite yeah. flicking and I mean that happens when you don't have your first choice halfback out there yeah and, and I think like o- O'Sullivan was good with his kicking game and he played some big minutes um did, and with yeah. the injury to with the injury to Egan he could find himself in that nine um for the first round uh, although they, they a... did yeah they did give Jazz a bit of time there we yep. Jazz himself is not keen on filling that role he's, he's quite no. vocal about that and and even um Bailey Sirenen spent a bit of time at Dummy yeah Huff. he that did was interesting he did. Um, I think putting O'Sullivan there would probably give us an extra kicking option out of dummy half. Yeah. Um, he does have a good kicking game. I, I was a little bit concerned, <clears throat> and again, I do realise it's a trial, but um, I thought our edge defence, uh, especially down our left side where Fafita was running uh, in that first half, between uh, uh, Ewan Aitken and Sean O'Sullivan, we there was, it, it comes down to a lack of communication, I think. Uh, they hadn't yeah. played... Or maybe had, they hadn't trained much together, expecting that uh, CHT was was going to be there. Um, yeah, that was one concern for me. Uh, Kenny looked like he was short of a run. Uh, he hasn't played since August last year. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, I was very happy to see Bunty get a, a lot of minutes. Um, very impressed with uh, Adam Fanua Blake. His post contact meters were huge. The interesting one was. Kane Evans only getting 15 minutes. 
that that was bizarre. I was beginning to think he wasn't even going to get a run, and he literally came on and spent the whole time defending. So, uh, okay, I'm just reading some um, some comments now. Christian, yeah, our defence was very good. Attack needs a bit of work. Uh, besides the first quarter, we dominated the second, third, and fourth. Some promising signs, especially in D. And then Egan coming off was a massive worry. <clears throat> Relieved that he's only missing one game. Uh, AFB, BMM, and Aiken were very good. Excited about what BMM can do on the edge. They're just a couple of comments that are coming up. On yeah, that, that's all. That's all <laughs> fair enough. I'll, I'll actually throw Josh Curran in there as well. I thought Josh Curran had a very strong game. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. yeah. Uh, except for that one incident where both he and Torhu uh, were playing slap yeah. hand with Tino, and Tino just ran through and and scored. Um, yeah, that was that was not a good look, was it? No, no, that was. Yeah, there was no effort in defence there. That was not good at all. Um, the other one was Murchie. I thought Murchie showed good signs when he when yes. he came on. Um, loved yeah, the merch. Yeah, yeah the merchandise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, BMM, his first run was pretty huge. Uh, good footwork. I don't think he's going to be an 80-minute player, though. No, no. I, I, he's going to be an impact bench player by the looks of things. But on the other hand, I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think um, Adam Fanua Blake played 60, the first 60 minutes straight. Um, which yeah. Is minutes for a front row. I thought yeah. he was a bit leaner than, than his manly days. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might be just the white jersey. How good with the jersey? I was just going to say, it's like, how good with the jersey? jersey. <laughs> I've got to get me one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. We'll have to get in um, Cameron's ear. That's right. Yeah. Um, hang on, mate. I'm just finding my notes. No, that's all right. Uh, yeah, overall, overall, I mean, I came away thinking that a draw was a good result for us based on based on the last ten minutes and the fact that we held them out. Um, yeah, I think we're lucky in respect to the fact that we played the Titans and we're going to play them in round one because I don't think there'll be too many surprises because the Titans were pretty full strength for that game. Yes, um, yeah, they were. Yeah. <clears throat> Brimson didn't play though, did he? Yeah, AJ Brimson played. Oh, he played. He played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brimson was there. Uh, Brian Kelly had a good game for them. Um, old mate Paddy Herbert. Old mate Paddy Herbert, who you mentioned, looks like he's looks like he's losing a bit of his hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Don, the Don. Um, Don always jump. plays well against us, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. he yeah. can jump the Don, can't he? He can. Yeah, he set up that try for um, the jumping over. Jumping over Ken. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other one. Uh, Marcelo Montoya, he played the full 80 minutes. So do we think that he's locked down that wing spot for round one, considering Fuss didn't play and hasn't played since August? So he'll be short of a run? Or does Fuss get the the number five jersey handed to him? Next uh, next Tuesday and seamless Tuesday. Yeah, I get. I guess it depends what's going, what goes on behind the scenes. Because I mean, if Fuss has trained really well and he's they they deem him to be in match condition, then I'd be putting Fuss in there. He's got much. No disrespect to uh, Inigo Montoya, uh, sorry Marcelo Montoya, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, he I think he offers a bit more in attack, like the the, the meters, the. Uh, Kick returns. He's, great he's a bigger body, isn't he? He's a, he's a much bigger great body there as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I would I would be going with Fuss, um, even if he did, even if he is slightly short of a gallop. For me, if Fuss is still unavailable through injury, I would much prefer to see someone like Adam Pompey. Pompey, um, yes, play, yeah, play on that wing. 
I, I, uh, I didn't realize Pompey was like six foot. What did they say? Six foot seven or something? I'll tell you who's a big kid. Rocco Berry. How, how tall was he? He's like six foot, six foot one. Like when I saw him, I always thought he was a short little foot. He's yeah, a, he doesn't. He, he doesn't. was a big, yeah. I thought it was Bailey Sirenin at first. Okay. Yeah, no, he's a big kid. And unfortunately, um, Rocco Berry, he didn't have the greatest of games. Um, I, I, I think, I don't know if he was a victim of the conditions, the slippery conditions, but there's a couple of times where he just uh, lost control of the ball, uh, spilled the ball coming out of our own end. And um, yeah. I guess it was kind of an audition for him um, to see if he could potentially push for a wing or a centre position. Didn't they, didn't they say he was training in the centre? Training in the centres exclusively. Yeah. in the, And he played centre uh, on Saturday night. Probably the only thing with those guys, like your Paul Turners, your Hayes Perrams, your Rocco Berries and your Adam Pompey's, they didn't get a lot of game time. So um, they really only got thrown out there in that last quarter, that last 20 minutes. So, you know, trying to do something to, you know, make themselves stand out. Uh, they try a little bit too hard, you know, um, make a couple of errors and... Next thing you know, the game's over. So yeah, I get it's the idea. Of, yeah, I get the idea of it that like them bringing on um, Paul Turner like in the last twenty minutes because that's an ideal time for him to come in and find those tired forwards and use his speed and everything. But unfortunately, the way the game went, we just didn't really have we didn't really have the ball for that last. No, and so I think he would, yeah. I think he would have benefited. Um, you know, I, and I know he's not a, a hooker, but when once Egan got injured, he might have been one of those guys that benefited from. Um, getting some go- some some game time at dummy half and and pressing for his claims to maybe get that fourteen jersey. Um, well, it must show that Brownie doesn't really consider him a genuine booking option. Then Brownie Brownie yeah. with Poe being an ex hooker himself. Yeah, um, yeah, and I mean I'm all for guys having to do their apprenticeship too. Like, don't just yeah. throw a jersey to a player yeah. because you know they're in the in you know training for the squad and oh let's give him a jersey for first grade. I, I do understand that these guys have to bide their time and, and serve their apprenticeship, much the same as uh, Chanel has. Um, yeah. yeah, that's right. But, He's waited for a while. But the trials are probably the best opportunity for them to, you know, get some game time and show what they can do. But It's just unfortunate that the other one was cancelled, isn't it? Because that, yeah. that, that's our one and only hit out before the start of yep. the season. There was no nines. There was no, no other... Um, opportunities to press claims. So oh. it'd be really interesting to see Team Wiz Tuesday next week. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, Christian's asked, uh, wait, Fabian said Montoya struggled under the high ball. I'm going with Foz. Yeah, I thought Montoya struggled under the high ball. And I think he also struggled bringing the ball out um, from our own, uh, like our own quarter. Um, he has very zero. Course has it yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. He, he he's got very he had very limited um, post contact meters. It's it's kind of once he got it was a hit and stick kind of tackle. He gets put to the ground. He doesn't really make uh, an impact in that defensive line. The only thing that he could probably get for us is if he hand, lands hands knees and can get a quick play the ball um, yeah. to get some some roll on. But um, and Christians asked, would you guys start Jazz at hooker in round one? Yeah, uh, I would. Um, because I, I they're going to play Torhu. Yeah, I just don't think that Brownie will go with him though. Uh, I don't. Well, he, he he did spend a lot. He was the first one that they threw there when Egan got injured, and he True. did spend a lot of time there. True. And I think, like Torhu will play thirteen, um, based on like uh, Eli Katoa being injured and BMM um, 
probably not being a, a starter, but more impact player off the bench. I'm thinking that um, the edge back row spots are, are out of um, Bailey Sirenen, Jack Murchie and Josh Curran. Yeah, interesting. And it was probably a, it was probably timely that Curran had um, made such an impression in that game because we were sort of thinking he was going to be well down the pecking order. He yeah. found himself thrust right into contention. He, he'll probably be in that 21-man squad. Yep. Um, yep, yeah. absolutely. And they'll probably start with um, Fanua Blake and uh, either yeah, JT or, or, yeah. or Lisa Narmau. One of, the, one of those oh, two. Oh, yeah, Lisa Narmau, yeah. Yeah, and the other one will come off the bench. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting to see the team that gets named. Um, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the back line picks itself, really. Yeah. Um, except for that wing spot, if if Fuss is injured, uh, but yeah, I think the from one to seven picks itself, and then uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens for that those um, spots in the pack because you know we said when we bought these players at the end of last year that the, it's it's we've now got depth in our squad and, and guys pushing for, yes. for the position, very healthy uh, yeah. The spots, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Looking forward to round one, mate. Uh, Absolutely, I am. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Rob's coming down for round one. He's going to be uh, Sydney uh, in Sydney on the Saturday morning, and I'll be picking him up from the airport, heading straight up to Central Coast. Straight to the Central Coast. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, looking so looking forward. forward to that. So if any of you guys are that are at the Central Coast Stadium, make sure you come over and say hi. Um, we'll be probably shooting a bit of footage there as well for some. Um, yeah. Some interesting well, can I can I tell everyone that it's actually Rob's birthday next week? So that's why he's coming to Sydney. That's his birthday present is to come to Sydney uh, or to New South Wales Central Coast and watch round one. Um, <clears throat> so we're actually staying up at the Central Coast that night. Um, uh, so we're gonna we've got ho- we've got a hotel up there for the night, but we're gonna meet at Central Coast Leagues at about one o'clock. Um, so if anyone wants to meet us at Central Coast Leagues at one o'clock, we're going to have a couple of beers, uh, birthday beers for Rob, uh, before we head over to the game. Um, we've got uh, Sean Kurzweil, 40, cough, cough. Yes, he is 40. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Has been, and, never was. <laughs> mate, I, I, I can't even remember when I was 40, mate. Was so <laughs> oh, far. Yeah, it's all over. It's, it's yeah, yeah, 40. Yeah, well. um, so, yeah, so um, we're going to be in base seven. I know a lot of the Warrior Nation are in base seven. Uh, base six, if you can't get base seven, and bay eight. They're the, they're the bays that we are wanting to fill up uh, as the Warriors' uh, voice in the stands. Um, we've got Warren Rufferty and Jay Harris are going to be our special guests for the day uh, with Ruin Hammer, along with um, <coughs> the great Juan. Uh, Juan. And there is going to be someone, uh, the, the uh, wonderful captain of our women's NRL side will be there as well. I spoke to her yesterday. Um, she's coming down to watch the game. She's going to head into the bay to catch up with us and say hello. Do we know who she's cheering? Who she's cheering for? I did ask her. I did ask her. <laughs> I said, um, uh, are you going for the Warriors or are you following Sam's Titans? She said, the Warriors, of course. She said, that's why it's so good. <laughs> Oh, hopefully we have a big win. <laughs> so, no, it should be good. Be good to catch up with her. Uh, be good to catch up with 
you know, so many people. Um, yeah, come and say hi if you're there. We'd love to meet everyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Bay 7 it is. Yes, mate, definitely. Uh, oh, it's Paulie. Uh-huh. Hey, Paulie, how are you? I met Paulie on the weekend. Paulie was... Um, was uh, one of the guys that came along for that uh, video shoot that we did. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, that was Yeah, the awesome. Warriors, yeah, the Warriors yeah. fans. Yeah, so it was a good day. Um, I've got the Murph coming on the podcast on the 15th. Oh, seriously? Did you just contact him then? Um, That's CJ. Yeah, CJ. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, the Final Tackle Podcast. Everyone, get and, get and follow the Final Tackle Podcast. Uh, on, on Facebook, here. on Instagram, on YouTube, he's on um, uh, Spotify. Uh, he's got all the special... Apple podcasts. Yeah, yeah, podcasts. yeah. He's got a couple of special guests going on. He's on, he's doing a thing with a couple of special guests tomorrow night. I'm led to believe. Um, yeah, I know those blokes are a couple of has been, yeah, never was, or a yeah. couple of never was. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not has been. Yeah. <laughs> Um, question Hammer, how was the Sydney Warriors fan shoot last week? Fabian, it was pretty good, mate. Um, so the guy that that did the shoot is I don't know if anyone's familiar with fans of other clubs, but he's actually the uh Bulldogs Braveheart fan. So he he dresses in a kilt and has the Braveheart face paint on at the Bulldogs. <laughs> he runs his own media company. Um, so it was good to, to catch up with him. Um He's been doing it with every NRL side. Uh, he was saying, we, I think we had about 20 people there on the weekend, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it was the most that he's had turn up for a shoot. Um, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was a good day. Uh, we were there for probably about four and a half hours. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, there was a harker. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it probably wasn't the best harker in the world. Uh, there was a couple of guys in there that, that hadn't done the harker before. So it was like a brief five-minute training run to try and get oh, him up right. to speed. Okay. So, yeah. Um, Good to see so Pete leading the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Pete was in there. We had Sonny. Sonny was um, – he was caught off for the day, which is uh, grandfather or elder. Um, so he was the guy. Oh, wait. I'm, the news feed's going off. Hang on. I've got to scroll back. Okay. Uh, so uh, – Seven it is. I've just jumped on the pod. I've got Murph. Question how what what do you think uh, RTS plays six for the half the game and the other half of the game in fullback? No, I don't think that happens at all. RTS will stay fullback. Um <clears throat> yes, yeah, CJ just got him on um on Instagram, mate. So yeah, Murph, it'll be a great chat, mate. He's he's awesome. Um, yeah, that, that was fantastic chat. Great fella. Yeah. No dramas for the plug, mate. You're doing so much for us in the background. Um that uh, it's, you know, it's not funny. Um, we really appreciate, you know, everything you've been doing, doing for us in the past yeah. week or so. Champion um, CJ. He knows Brave Dog. Uh, he also knows the Crying Bulldog. Isn't that, um, isn't the Crying Bulldog, isn't that just every Bulldog fan? <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> 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 the Crying Bulldog. <laughs> I don't know who the Crying Bulldog is. I just yeah, thought no, it was every know. Bulldog fan. Yeah. Um, that mean as Pukana, bro. Yes, I do do a mean as Pukana. Um, yeah, uh, the final tackle podcast, nice. Yeah, Christian, give him a follow, mate. He's um, he's got some great stuff. Uh, he's just uh, done a couple of interviews. Um, he does all, he's obviously not just Warriors related, he's um, he's uh, all NRL. He's a massive Broncos fan. We don't hold that against um, him, though. Yeah, no, no, 
Uh, he's just done a, a great uh, interview with uh, Joel Clinton. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Did a good one with David Williams. Yeah, the Wolfman. Uh, yeah, the Wolfman. And who's who have you got coming up, CJ? Dynamis Louis, isn't it? Yeah, he did the, yeah he's got Dynamis Louis, Josh Miller. Um, yeah. Mark and, Bryan. Uh, Mark Bryan, yeah. that was the one, yeah, Manly, from Manly. Manly Grand Final winner. <coughs> yep. yeah. yeah, so he's got a, he's got a uh, lot of great content out there. <coughs> Excuse me, COVID. Um, must <laughs> from Murph. Sent it to us from France. We, we, mon ami. Interesting. A couple of little things uh, before we finish up. I uh, just want to say happy birthday to Cameron George. It's Cameron George's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, mate. Yeah. Um, so Very I don't know if he's watching, but he, he might catch up uh, on the, um, the chat tomorrow. So if he does... Happy birthday, Cam. Uh, hope you had a great day. We'll have to have a joint birthday bash uh, on the Central Coast, won't we? Absolutely, yeah, yep. we will. I'm wondering, because um, he came out today now and, and basically said that the Warriors are here for the season. Um, yes. And we had a, a bit of a chat tonight earlier before we came on air. Uh, my thinking is it's probably a good move uh, because – if they had have moved back to New Zealand at some point during the season, it's it's kind of like moving house. Yeah. And I think getting home, yeah, and, and getting home, it, it would have been a, a big, um, like emotional uh, homecoming. It could have derailed their season a little bit. Um, so it's probably a smart thing to stay here for the season proper. Um, I think so. They had to make a decision on it. At least they've made the decision early. Yep. So they, they pick and stick and everyone knows where they stand. All yep. the families know that they're, they're going to be out here for the duration of the season. The, the kids are all enrolled in school on the Central Coast. Yeah, um, yeah. They can continue that for terms one, two and three. Um, and uh, hopefully we're here into the first weekend in October, right? Eh? Yes, absolutely. Um Will they sell 2021 Warriors memberships on the coast? That is probably the best question I've seen good all night. Question. And it's one question. that we discussed before we came on online. Sure yeah. I think it'd be a great um, a great thing because me, I personally, I'd buy a home membership and sit in the same seat every week to watch the Warriors at home. Uh, it, it'd be a great way for them to earn some sponsorship, uh, some membership dollars. Yeah, you get back some revenue. <laughs> yep. Um I don't know if that's their plan. Uh, you know, I, I think there's bigger brains in that organisation than, than us. And uh, there may be a logistics around why they can't do that. But um, I'm pretty sure if they can, it's something that the club will um, investigate over the next couple of weeks. You'd have to um, think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll buy two memberships, mate, just in case you want to come down every couple of weeks to watch a game. Yeah, I think uh, that may be on the cards. <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see what I can uh, swing. Yeah. Um, Are we going to... We'll touch on the uh, the news that also came out about Jerome Hughes. So, who? Yeah, who? Some, some guy. Yeah. Some guy that was apparently going to get paid a lot of money by us. Yeah, well, he stayed at Melbourne for 500 grand less. Um, yeah. Probably... Um, you know, if I if I was in the Melbourne system, I don't know if I'd want to leave. Um, coming to the Warriors, it would have been a lot of pressure on him, uh, especially if he came as a halfback. Huge change in his role. He he would have been out of like like you said, the Melbourne system. It's like a finely oiled machine. Everybody knows their role and knows what to do. 
And I think if he comes to the Warriors, then there was talk Brownie was actually saying that they were looking at him more as a halfback than a fullback. I yeah. mean, our preference would have been for him to be a fullback. But coming into the Warriors system where he has to be the man, he has to be the playmaker, where he hasn't had that burden on his shoulders at Melbourne. No, he hasn't. Because it's always been Cameron Smith that's been yes. the, 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 the guy that controls that team, that directs them around the park. And it allows Munster and Hughes to pretty much play their own brand of footy. Um, they're yeah, not organising that side. Green. If he comes into Warriors, complete change, yeah. And that's going to be the big test for Hughes this year. And that's why when the Warriors were in first in discussions, I was kind of apprehensive because I thought, well, he hasn't done anything as a halfback to be a game manager or to prove that he's a game manager and worth yeah. 800000 yeah. a season. Yeah. <clears throat> I personally think we've dodged a bullet on that one. So um, do I. The amount of money that, that we were offering him, um, yeah. I, I think so as well. That could be invested probably a bit more wisely in other other positions. So Yeah, and you know, you've seen it happen, um, not just at our club, but at other at, uh, a lot of clubs where there's a player that's that's good at one club and they leave and go to another club and they just don't have that impact. And it's not just in like those roles. I can remember watching a guy um, by the name of Suaso Sue or Jesse Sue who yes. had the Tigers, who was a regular starter, was an like, you know, was a beast of a player, was their, their man in their pack. And then he's left and gone to the Bulldogs and you really haven't heard anything of him. You know, same, thing, same thing happened to Ryan O'Hara. Remember when he yeah. was in Raiders and he signed yeah. with the West Tigers and he basically fizzled out. Uh, uh, Carlos would know a bit about that. <laughs> but, yes. but, I mean, but look at the other guys we've signed from the Storm. I mean, look at um, Dane Nielsen. Look at yeah. um, Todd Larry. Todd Larry. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Hoffman. I, I don't want to bag Ryan Hoffman because I know he came and gave 100%. But he just, I mean, obviously he didn't have the same impact at the Warriors, unfortunately, that he did have. Didn't have the, he didn't have the cattle around him that he had at, at Melbourne, you know? That's it, um, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, cough, cough, Sean Johnson, cough. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, are you got COVID there, mate? <laughs> uh, uh, Fabian says, not even bothered about Hughes. It's just good the Warriors are looking at the right players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you want to be in the market for these kind of guys. And, 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 sounds, and Cameron yeah. said last week too that, you know, I mean, every player that comes off contract is going to be linked to the club, but they have their eye on certain players and, you know, they know who they're chasing. Um, there was a young <coughs> Christian might know if he's still there. Um, uh, there was a young Broncos player that Phil Gould has oh, yeah. earmarked. Gold Coast product, yeah, yeah. I I can't remember what his name is. Um, no. but yeah, that he's been identified by um, O'Sullivan, I think. Um, yeah, that they're offering him like something like four hundred per season. Are we, are we just going to sit on one point one million all season then? Well. It's interesting because Tohu, uh, Tohu last, Harris. Yeah, yeah, we got Tohu to sign, um, and Jazz is off contract as well. Um, we've we released uh, Rituva last week, it's so now we're down to yeah, we're down to twenty nine players. Even though on uh, NRL three hundred and sixty or whatever that uh, Fox League show yesterday, they said oh they were, love us, so they would know. Yeah, they love us, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg, so, especially, yeah, yeah. They're so up on what's going on at the oh, Warriors. Yeah. They did say uh, Reese Walsh. That's the guy's name. Yes, Reese Walsh. Reece Walsh yes. Um, they did say uh, that we're at thirty players, but we're not. Um, no. The interesting thing now too is that the the they've extended that June thirty deadline now to August. Yeah. Okay. So um, there's a bit of time. Saying... I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I don't know what we're going to do with that 1.1 million, but I, I'm sure then Cameron said last week they're not just going to throw it at a player for the sake of throwing it at a player. Cam Smith cameo. Cam Smith cameo. That's a bit left field. Throw him in there. One year deal. Get, get us a premiership. We're not One based million. in New Zealand. There is a chance. $1 million well spent, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, oh, what, about, what, what about Brandon Smith? Come on, surely he's going to be signed now. I know how much you love that talk. <laughs> I am so tired of people flogging that dead horse of Brandon Smith. Why don't we sign him? He has come out and said... He's not coming, He does guys. not want to go to the Warriors. He doesn't want to move and live in New Zealand. So I don't know what no else he needs to say. <laughs> there is no chance he's going to sign a long-term deal with the Warriors. People need to get over the fact that we are not getting Brandon Smith. Yeah. End of story. Chase, yeah, yeah, we can chase somebody else. Um, yeah, I think that's about it, mate. Uh, Everything. Don't forget. Uh, next week we've got Warriors team manager Dan Floyd coming on, so he's going to give us a bit of insight into what goes on behind the scenes with uh, the Warriors on, you know, for training, game days, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, going to be a very interesting chat. Yeah, we'll be. Uh, the logistics one. of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then um, and we'll also be previewing round one against the Titans. Uh, we'll have the Probably team that. list will be out on Tuesday. Please. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll be looking at that. Um, I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight, uh, getting Thanks involved in the conversation and the chat. Thanks again uh, to Justin Murphy for giving up his time, all, uh, coming all the way from uh, COVID-ridden France. So. Yep. Uh, yep. Absolutely sensational having uh, Murphy. Well, mercy, mercy, yeah. Justin. <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't see Robbie Reyes on the in the comments. I didn't. Oh, Robbie. Have... Yeah. You missed your boy. Oh well, yeah, he'll be watching this on replay. It's probably a bit bit late for him over in uh, NZ. So, Robbie, I'm sure you'll enjoy enjoy the interview with uh, your man uh, Murph. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Bruin Show Legends. Thanks, Christian. Uh, thank Thanks, you, everyone, guys. for tuning in. Do apologise for um, the, the, <laughs> the technical issues at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> I was like, seriously, how has this happened again? My, my, my internet just completely cut out. I was like, I hope good, mate. Best it happens then and not midway through the show. So Yeah, that's right. All good. Yeah, so apologies yeah. again, but uh, yeah. No worries. Um, next week. Enjoy your weekends, the last weekend of no footy uh, before the season kicks off. Um, Everyone be safe out there. Um, And uh, we will uh, catch up again next week. Um, CJ will speak to you tomorrow night, mate. And and everyone else, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I'll speak to you a bit later, bud. You sure will. All right. Thanks, people. Thanks, everyone. Take it easy. Go the Warriors. Go the Warriors. Yeah.